0: I should ask you in faith without wavering and that you would give it liberally without fault finding. I ask now for that wisdom and I believe that I receive it. And I say with my Lord Jesus that I must be about my father's business. Thank you for giving me your insight into my kingdom success. In Jesus' name, I pray, expecting, amen. Now say this with me. I am a believer of the word of God. I am an epistle of the spirit of God. I am a disciple of my man of God. I am a finder of the destiny path of God for my life. All right, we just want to acknowledge those of you that are here with us online Thank you for joining us in our series here on Dynamics of Destiny Relationships. We, we spent some good time dealing with marriage, and we did not rush that period. And now we're going to take um, time to deal with the family in terms of parents and children. We're going to talk about the distinct roles of a father and mother, the distinct role of children, the transitions that children go through and how each phase is important because what's good in one phase will be bad in another. And so we, we're going to really deal with that. So I'm encouraging you to stay with us as we, as we deal with this thing around uh, dynamics of destiny relationships. This is, and listen, 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 God cares about this very, very much. I'm telling you, this is like God grades parents. Don't get mad at me. I'm just saying. He he is the heavenly father, and he does not delegate that one to us. He says there's a piece of this fatherhood, this parenting thing that he keeps for himself, and then there's a piece of it that he delegates to to those of us that have families, and he's expecting you to do something on those children's lives on his behalf, and he will judge you for it too. That's not to put you in condemnation, but it is to make sure that you have the gravity of the assignment. I stand here as a pastor recognizing that, um, that the shepherd that I am is a piece of Jesus' role as the good shepherd of the whole body of Christ. Now, I'm not the shepherd for everybody, but he has given me some piece of his equipment with which to minister to this congregation. But I also understand that because it's his congregation that I'm going to stand in front of him and he is grading me in it. Does that make sense? So I just want you to understand that, but the same, that same truth that I understand from a ministry standpoint, you should understand from a family standpoint as well. So we're gonna talk some about that today. All right, dynamics of destiny relationships. We have four objectives, um, four objectives on dynamics of destiny relationships. Number one, to illuminate the basic power of relationships, especially relationships that are developed for the purpose of glorifying God. Now, that's an important thing, even in our parenting. All right. Um, because if truth be told, some kids just got here, not because we was trying to glorify God. OK, I gonna let that just I'm going to just drop the mic right there. Uh, Some kids didn't get here because we was interested in glorifying God and doing things from God. We, they just got here. Okay. All right. I think the rest of y'all got what I'm talking about. But what we got to understand is that from God's perspective, however, however you got into it, there was a thing that God put into it that was only his, and he is still holding you accountable to glorify him in how you do your parenting assignment number two to elaborate the love connection as the key to empowering relationships the principles upon which relationships consist and by which they are maintained and enhanced now listen this is one relationship um you know we talked about this thing in marriage and we talked about the fact and i I was having some conversations at work today that, that um you know, my my uh, my leader was talking to members of, of my staff, of his staff, which includes me. And he was just giving an example from his marriage group um, that he's a part of in his church. And he was saying that um, one of the things that they do is one of the statements they made is that you should be a lifelong student of your marriage partner. You know, first Peter three said that dwell with your wife, according to knowledge. That means you can't graduate. And you can't just ride on. It's a continuing education class, and you will never get out of it. So you got to re-up every year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, But that same thing is true for your children. Because you can do something that was really good when they decide. But listen, you cleaning that that, that 30-year-old's bedroom, something wrong. I'm just saying. Okay? You know there was parents that had to evict their millennial son out of their house. Child, please, I would have gave him the left foot of fellowship all up his gluteus maximus. (laughs) You better get your grown self and do something. Saying I gotta sit at home and you, you understand what I'm saying. So, but but what was good at one phase didn't fit, and they weren't. They didn't make the adjustments at the next phase you follow me and so in this parenting thing you got to watch that because this <laughs> you know like it's like when of are ready or not man the shift just hits you i mean you know i can remember that day i mean we was dolls and then it was boyfriends and i was like slow down Jane, stop this crazy thing. I I didn't know. I'm like, man, I missed the moment because I was not prepared for the conversation. And it wasn't her. It was me. I just knew. I was like, Lord, I'm so sorry. I mean, you know, I just, I wasn't prepared. Should have been. She didn't want to talk about it before and I didn't want to talk about it. And I I wasn't getting ready. Okay. So sometimes... When we think about relationships and how they are consistent, maintained, and enhanced, sometimes in this parenting thing, I'm the parent. And then we think we should just be able to dictate like we did when they was kids. And that's not the Bible. And that's and then you jacking it up and then blaming God and them. Okay? Number three, to differentiate the various types of spiritual, natural, and social relationships and their purpose for being from God's perspective. And this parenting relationship is spiritual, natural, and social. You need to relate to your child. There comes a day when dictation is over. And you need to start start making that change before they leave the house. I'm trying I, you know sometimes I'm like Lord's like yeah, nope I'm not telling you that I said okay, you not telling me that no 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 I'm, I'm gonna talk to her about that one she need to hear my voice she'll need to hear your voice and then he like I got this okay as long as I know you got it I mean you know what I'm saying I just I just don't want it to be where I'm supposed to have it and then I drop it. As Long as I know you got it, then I'm gonna let it. I'm gonna let it go. Okay, right. So we have to just be sensitive to this spiritual, natural, and that relational piece. Right, because because sometimes we just we want to be able to dictate. And that day, man, I'm telling you, <laughs> that day starts to that wears out. And then that, then your relationship will wear out too. If you haven't, if you don't, if that's the you know, if your only tool is a hammer, everything around you start looking like nails. And then it's not that something else is going on, nothing wrong with them. You just didn't make the relationship shift when you needed to. Now, now you, now you in recovery mode. All right. And then number four, to motivate you to be more intentional in your relational roles at every level for relational success. And we're going to talk about the stages of the parenting thing from from when you're believing to have children all the way out to when you're in heavens around the throne and, and family is still here. All of those things you need to be thinking through, like, where, where am I? You know, when you go to the mall, and there's all of these things in the mall, and it says, but you're right here. Do you know where you at? You know what I'm saying? Because what worked before might not work. Right? And then we have to also be sensitive in this age of blended families that – um the equipment that i that i don't may not have in my nuclear household that child still needs so i got to be willing to do some supplements if we don't have everything we need for that child to make it okay so i get concerned you know just cuz you didn't need the baby daddy don't mean that the child don't need a daddy just because you didn't need him because if you get that wrong (laughs) then you start calling him mama's little man and then trying to make him your man and then after a while he, he, he stuff starts to go wrong right I've seen single mothers almost date their children and then run off (laughs) and then run off any anything that would really actually be in their child's life to do what they needed. You know, as they get to the point where they're moving forward. (laughs) Ain't nobody good enough because you in the role. (laughs) You don't want nobody else because he 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 meeting your needs okay i'm just saying all of these all of these dynamics happen and we got to manage them and we got to watch it because then we begin to perpetuate our dysfunction to another generation had these family secrets and stuff and all of these things and it's just messy stuff that people you know they want just because you don't want to talk about it don't mean like like people think because you don't talk about it nobody see it now you see other stuff that other people ain't talking about but you think it's a one-way mirror <laughs> people think that stuff is a one-way mirror like like you can see up in their house but you think nobody can see up in yours that's not a one-way i'm just saying something You see other people's stuff, people see your stuff too. Stop fronting. Y'all must be talking. No, they ain't talking. Your kids ain't talking. Stop blaming them. All right. Okay. (laughs) All right. So um, our starting scripture is Ephesians 5, 31, and then we're going to go down to chapter 6 and verse 4 because we're bridging from the marriage into this parenting thing. And that's, these scriptures here are the bridge. Ephesians chapter five, verse 31. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Notice that the man here speaks of maturity. So my initial purpose For the child, it's not for them to stay the child. Sometimes we want to be needed and need to be wanted. And so we create a codependency in the child because it meets our need when God's purpose for them was never for them to stay a child. For this reason, a man leaves his father and mother. Okay, all right. He didn't come to stay. (laughs) <laughs> he came to keep it moving, but he's supposed to stay with me long enough for me to produce manhood or womanhood in him, or her. Okay. A man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two shall be one become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ in the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. All right? Um, Now look at uh, chapter 1 of, uh, excuse me, verse 1 of chapter 6. Children, obey your parents. Now, just as um, you should know that in the Greek, there is a specific word for children. And then there is another Greek word for parents. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Verse 2, honor your father and mother. Okay, so not only is there a word for parents as a unit, but there is a word father and a different word mother. Father, mother, parents, children. Okay, honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Now look at verse four and you fathers. Oh, okay. So just like I have a specific there's a specific hierarchy in marriage that says, even though, you know, we're, we're equally made in the image of God and all of that, but the husband is the head of the wife, just like there's a hierarchy in the marriage, there's also a hierarchy in the household that God holds fathers responsible. Pastor David, that, you know what? um, the father's not in the house. Okay. We're going to get with that. I'm just trying to start with what I de- What, what is God's plan? And then we'll deal with all of the things that deviate from the plan. All right. And you fathers different word from the word parents, different word from the word mother. Do not provoke your children to wrath. Oh, there's something in a father If that father doesn't check himself, that might wreck them children. Now what that said? You fathers, don't get to the point where you are pressing and so hard and so harsh on your children that you're making them angry all the time. That you are you are invoking anger. You are provoking your children to be angry. You are creating a problem. You fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. Okay? So in men's ministry, that's why the Bible says, lift up holy hands with, I would men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting. So there is within the psyche of the male man an inclination to anger that then begins to be birthed in their children if they don't watch themselves. We got to watch it, y'all. Okay? Now, does that mean mothers can't provoke their children? Yeah, moms can. But he's talking. There's something that he's trying to get at. But he's also getting into the fact that if all things are ideal, that the father has the responsibility. Okay? That's what that says. You fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Okay? Training, 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 training. Some things you just got to do. Training means that, uh, oh, we go to church in the Johnson household. You don't get to stay home. I can't wait till I get grown so I can get out on my own. Okay, when you get out on your own, then you get to make the call. But you're under my roof, and I'm training you. Okay? um, Man, I, wanna, I, I don't like having uh, to cut the grass. I'm training you. But you pay for somebody. Yeah, but I'm training you. I'm training you. I'm training you. So training talks about things that you're putting in that are right and building muscle memory. (laughs) Yeah, some things you should be able to do on automatic because muscle memory has been built in the area. You've been trained. But he says it's not just training, it's also admonition. Admonition says, I'm telling you, I'm encouraging you to do this and telling you why. I remember sometimes when I was a kid, Dad, why well, I got to do that? Because I said so. You know, some of them training things is just like that. But then as we matured, then I would, I would try to get close to the edge of getting hit, but not get hit. You'd ever talk to your parents like that? I'd be like... Daddy, is there a reason that we got to do this is just because you said so? See, I knew I was kind of cruising for a bruising, but I tried to, I was trying to get as close to the edge but not get hit. Yeah, 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 I should tell you stuff like that. I just, but I made sure I was outside of reaching distance when you say stuff like that because he might, he might catch a wind to what you're trying to say and then get on you and grab you, right, give you that right hand of fellowship. All right, so, um, but training and admonition. One, you can't do one without the other, okay? In other words, um you can't just admonish and then don't make them do things that they need to be made to do in certain areas, right? Um, Eli's sons, he needed to train them dudes. He needed... He needed to train them. That wasn't no, he was trying to admonish them not to do this. No, you can't do that. No. No, brother. I'm training you in ministry. You can't be sleeping with all of the women in the church. What part of that? No. No. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing else to that, okay? You know. Now. Um, but then you can't just train people to do stuff, and then when you leave, they don't even know why they was doing it. They got to have the insight. Do you see how training and admonition go together? I said, make them do it, but then teach them the whys of why that's important. Okay, Both of those are important. All right, now let's look at Colossians three twenty and twenty one a much shorter version. Um, a much shorter version of this, but um, important as well. Colossians chapter three, verse twenty and twenty-one, and it says, "Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged." You can break you can break your child's spirit you can so damage them that you break their spirit, right? So that's the thing that you want to do. I I try to tell people, listen, listen. um, You you want to tame the lion, but you don't want to turn him into a pussycat. Okay? You, you, You don't you don't want them to be out of control because they put out of control in cages. And we're really good at putting people that look like you and me in cages. Society is very, very, very good at it. Okay. They're very good at putting them in cages. So we don't want, we want them to be trained, but they there's a certain part of the fight they need. You, that's why some fathers interact with their children. It just makes you want to cry. Makes you want to cry. Makes you want to cry because they're not, they're going beyond training and admonition. They're breaking the spirit. And that's what this scripture was talking about. Don't, don't do that. This is re- these. I mean, if we got this really, really down and got it well, it'll change the game by itself. Okay, that that you they need correction. God holds you accountable, and He says, cor- And I'm gonna give you some scriptures as we go along. You don't wait till they get grown. You don't laugh at the stuff when they're really young. Ain't that funny? And then people do videos now. <laughs> There's a video where a little baby girl is kind of telling off her grandmother, and of course she getting a bunch of views and people are liking and laughing. I'm like, that ain't funny, cause in a minute she gonna be tell <laughs> she gonna be telling Nana some stuff when she get a little bit growner. And then Nana's not gonna be she's not gonna be willing to take it too late. You you let it slide when it was here. Yeah. It's easier to cross an acorn than it is to cut down an oak tree. Right. So you fix some of these things while they're small and you get it out. So we don't have to deal with the rest of that, right? Okay, so eight quick points from Ephesians 5, 31 through chapter six, verse four. Number one, one of the outcomes from, from a godly union of husband and wife is godly children, right? That's one of our major outcomes. Malachi 2, 13 through 16, you go back and read that. Minister Eva um, shared some of that in one of her teachings um, last month where it says that the, one of the reasons why God makes two one is so that he can raise up a godly seed, OK. All right. Well, Pastor David, that's not how so and so got here. Well, he still is looking for godly children. And if you hear that means you you got to help. Even if you help in nieces and nephews. I'm just saying it. Some of us going to have to be extended family if we want our community to turn around. Man, I went. Um, they asked me to speak at um, at uh, a celebration for um, a community figure who was one of the teachers at Stewart Elementary School, uh, Mr. John Rhymes. those of you that were here. And so um, he was a part of a um, kind of a high school type fraternity called Kudos, which I was a, a part of back in the late 80s. I tried to step, child. Please don't ever, don't ever. I yeah, I was out there, I was out there. I tried, I tried, I tried. So I laugh when my daughter says she wants to be in a, a sorority and stuff. I'm like, I'm sorry, babe. I I gave you the best that I have, but you just such as I have, I gave to you the good stuff, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So anyway, I was I was there and. And they were talking about him and how many um, other young men came that said, "Man, he was like a father figure to me." And he was like, "Man, he didn't know, you know." He said, it, "He said it was not. He was not. He didn't just one day decide to be this kind of mentor." He talked about the uh, principal then, who was Mrs. Smith at Stewart School. I remember that there was this one kid who who was, had been kicked out, and she said, I think you can mentor him and help him to, to go on. And he said at first he didn't even know what to do, but then he, from there, it just went on. And some of these people, he's helping to go to college. Some of them, they stay with him in his house. And I mean, man, he really did that thing. And it was like, you know, 30, 40 years of people coming in talking about what, what he had done. So we got to be sensitive that there may be ministry for you outside of your nuclear children outside of the ones that you birthed. Okay. Now, um, it's, it won't be enough for you just to take care of your kids and nobody else, because they will be in, they will either be influenced by those or those forces, will attack what you have in your house. You just got to know that. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. I mean, one of the things that, that I, um, uh, one of my, my covenant uh, brothers, Dr. Foster said, he said, listen, he told me, he said, listen, in his daughter's school, the lesbian girls were trying to flip his daughter through peer pressure. I said, what? I said, wait, 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 wait. Oh, so you saying the Me Too movement ain't even boys doing the girls. Sometimes the girls are doing other girls. Right. I, said, I said, that's what's happening? He said, oh, yeah, that's what's happening. Okay, so when we think about influence, we have to begin to think a lot further and broader than what we have thought before. God bless me, my son Joe, his family, and no more. We're going to have to think different than that. That won't be enough in the generations that we're living in. You follow me? All right. Number two, that means that the husband must assume the role of the father and the wife must assume the role of the mother. Now, these roles are related but not identical. In other words, just because I'm a good husband to my wife does not mean I'm a good father to my children. Okay, so we spend a lot of time dealing with the head and the help and all of that. But listen, there's a whole nother set of dynamics that we have to deal with when it comes to the children. And we're going to have to work on that. Just like marriage doesn't happen on its own, good parenting doesn't either. We're going to have to work at it. We're going to have to accept that just like there is a grace to be a husband or a wife, there is a grace to be a mother and a father. And the grace that we don't have, we're going to have to reach out and get. If we don't have enough of it in our house, right, we're going to have to be bold enough to recognize I need help in this area. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad when my dad went to heaven that I had my godfather. I can remember the day that my dad went to heaven, that my godfather was right there, and I cried in his arms. I'm glad that I didn't have to try to build the house in the hurricane. It would have been, I was 16, to start that relationship then would have been a little too late. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that we built a bridge before we needed to cross it. Okay? So we want to be sensitive. Listen, it, is, it takes nothing from you to recognize that your child needs something that you don't got, but you have the sense to know they need it And the sensibility to know that this person can do them good and not damage them. That's your responsibility. I recognize everything my child needs, I don't have. I'm not the one that's got to have it for them. I got to make sure she gets it. That's my job. And I will search the world over to get it too, baby. Don't get it twisted. I will make sure she gets what she needs. And I'll find it wherever it is on the planet. I'm just telling you. That's my mindset. If it's out there somewhere, God going to show me, and I'm going to make sure she get it. Okay? And that's that's, that's the Bible perspective on this. All right. So um, I must understand. Now, There's one scripture I'll give you under point number two, Hebrews 12 and nine, Hebrews 12 and nine in the King James, because I want you to understand scripture tells us that we are spirit, soul, and body, right? We are spirit, soul, and body. And I told you earlier that there was part of this fatherhood that God did not delegate to us. All right. So let's look at Hebrews 12 and nine. It says, furthermore, we had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live? So God here is saying, the, the the word here is saying that a natural father is a father of our physical body and of our soul. Because the flesh has to do with all of the stuff that's in you that's unre unrenewed that's unborn again and part of that is in your soul but the father of your spirit is God himself that's the part of you that came from him and he doesn't give that to anybody else to produce right and so we have to recognize the importance of um, our responsibility and this scripture even said that Our fathers corrected us. This scripture is talking about chastisement. Part of us being good parents is as they go, children are going through that maturity phase that we see where things are getting off and we deal with it. We don't ignore it, close our eyes, hoping it'll go away on its own. We're not blind. I don't know where that came from. Your Bible says a child is known by his ways. Listen, <laughs> man, I, I was a little kid. I took uh, a candy bar at the stove. Man, mama beat me like I was a kid. <laughs> she, <laughs> she, you know what say? Beat you like you stole something. Or oh, she beat me like I had stole something. Oh, my goodness. Oh, there was weeping and gnashing. Of teeth yeah there was weeping and gnashing teeth we we got to see stuff that's going wrong and deal with it before it gets bigger all right number three because the husband is the head of the wife he is also the head of the home and is given the primary responsibility to ensure the children are matured and not damaged notice those words matured and not damaged matured and not damaged Bring them up and the don't provoke them to wrath don't don't break their spirit, don't discourage them. Bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord okay so we we're supposed to make sure that they're matured and not damaged now I told you um Galatians four one and two is a scripture i want to i want to show you here. Um, that you don't have to have all of the insight yourself. I'm glad that my daddy, his ego wasn't tied to his fatherhood. So when I needed something else, he didn't think he was less of a person because somebody else had something to put in my life that he didn't. I'm so grateful. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I would have been so much further behind if I only knew what my daddy knew. Now, this I say, Galatians 4, 1 and 2, that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ from a slave, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. So the father is supposed to say, listen, this child needs some stuff. I don't have it. Even like the the implication is, if you are a child who is going to inherit an estate, but you're not ready for the keys right now, that the father is supposed to say, well, one day this child is going to need this and this and this, and they're not ready for that today. And I don't have the skill set to prepare them for their tomorrow, but I see this person, this person, and this person. And so I'm going to put this, these people in their life to train them until the point that they're matured, to the point that they can handle the responsibility that I see God has called them to. Right. 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 Yeah. My parents were like, listen, okay, you're going to go to music class with this person. Now, that person can't do music. He kind of... But this one, okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> they had to make the call. Because once, once you break them eggs, you can't put them back in the shell. Once you don't scramble them, you can't put them back in the shell. I'm just saying. So they had to make some calls, and they made them. Remember, nah, y'all can't go over his house. <laughs> My wife, she ain't tell me till later. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, number four. God expects that parents bring children to the point of spiritual and natural maturity, so that they can continue the cycle for further kingdom expansion. Yeah, they're supposed to bring you to the point of maturity. A man should leave his father and mother. Okay, so if a man leaves his father and mother, then he's not asking his wife to be his mama. Okay, that's some good teaching there. Yes, Pastor David, yeah, I know I'm teaching good. Okay, (laughs) okay, (laughs) you see what I'm saying? He's supposed to be brought to a point of maturity so that he can continue kingdom expansion. All right. Number five says, while it is true that both males and females should be brought to maturity, the Bible specifically calls out the need for men to mature. It Must not be as easy. It must be, must not be as easy. Why didn't he say, for this call, shall a woman leave father and mother, cleave to her husband? Why didn't it say? It said, it said a man has to do it, and then it was presupposed that the woman had become a wife. Somehow it must, be, must not be as easy for men. Must not, must, there must be some difficulty in their development. Certainly it was with Adam. Part of maturity is the acceptance of responsibility. So right at the game point, he blamed God and his wife. Yeah. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a a man, I put away childish things. Yeah. So... Before he leaves his parents, he needs to put away the childish stuff. Boy, put your boy toys away. Here you are with a family. You need a minivan and want a Corvette. You didn't put your boy toys away. Put your boy toys away. Yeah, you're going to have to put, see, see, there's something in this. This is really important. This is why men's ministry, people, listen, men's ministry, (laughs) you know, the company gives recalls to bring back product that should have been fixed the first time, we bring it back, we call it back, we call it back, we call it back and say, we didn't get this all done the first time, we need to redo on that one. Some men's ministry is, is, us, is God doing a recall, calling the brothers back, calling them back. I need, to, I need to repair them. Yeah. So these childish things won't leave me on my own. I got to choose to put them away. I can remember that get rid of your boy toys. (laughs) All right, number seven and number eight. There is a point of adulthood in children where obedience is no longer the primary directive. Now, some parents can't make that transition. They still want you to obey like you was when you was five and 15. And God does not hold you accountable to do that. I'm starting to, I'm, (laughs) I'm learning to negotiate now. I'm in that transition point we got to negotiate now I still got some I still got some things but I'm trying to use I'm trying to use force less and less yeah I'm trying I'm trying to not to have to you know no there's still some okay we, we in this transition point but I'm trying to use force less and less because we're at the point where I can't just dictate obedience. First of all, it's not even practical. Too far away, I don't wanna see her enough. What am I gonna do? Punish her and tell her to go back to her dorm room? What, <laughs> what, <laughs> what, <laughs> what? <laughs> who's there to enforce it? <laughs> no TV, what? What am I going to say? I can't even do that. You can't go up. <laughs> she would tell me about a party. I'm like, what you doing? She's like, hold on. Pump your brakes, dad. Pump your brakes. Pump them brakes. Pump them brakes, son. Pump and brakes. I, you're not even here with me enough to try to impose. I'm trying to, you know, get all persnickety about it. She's like, child, please. Okay. There is a point of adulthood where obedience no longer the primary directive. This is even to the point of leaving the parents and cleaving. That word cleaving there is like glue to the spouse. Now, the person who leaves you, if you have an emotional codependence, then you're going to be feeling some kind of way when they start the leaving process. Okay, so, <laughs> okay, <laughs> mama try the mama tried a line jump instead of the wife. <laughs> with your grown boy, okay? He, he got a marry, He got his own household, okay? So you're going to have, listen, and that's Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me, okay? So if everything else we're going to believe, we got to believe for this too. And so we got to begin to see phases and stages and make sure that we are doing what's appropriate for the stage that we're in. As the uh, as Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, everything is beautiful in its time. That means I can do something beautiful late, and then it's ugly. Okay, so I've got to uh, I got to change the thing that gives me emotional um, validation, the thing that that causes me to feel wanted and needed. Because I'm raising an adult, I can't get all of my emotional energy off of them treating me like they did when they were children. Okay? I have to be okay with them being okay without me in the mix that's some good preaching right there. Oh yeah, I'm preaching good. That's some good preaching. I got to be okay with them being okay. And I didn't have to do nothing to make it happen. Do you need my help? If they say no, let it go. I need to be okay with them being okay because that was the purpose. That was the goal. That's what we're believing for. So we should we should get them to that point. And when we have to, when it's time to step back, the Lord's telling me, slow down, son. Don't I don't want you answering all of the questions no more. She need to hear my voice. You can't be God no way. Man, I was feeling some kind of way. About to get on a plane. My daughter's telling me I just got rear-ended. I was feeling some kind of way. Trying to calm her down, and I'm trying to calm me down too. God, what's up? Now see, none of y'all talk to God like that. But this is my baby. God, what's up, man? I mean, come on. You didn't tell me this one. I asked you. You didn't tell me. It wasn't because I didn't pray. Pump your brakes, David. Just because you're not there don't mean I'm not. Hell, you got to help me, Lord, because I'm feeling some kind of way. (laughs) I am feeling some, and I can't get, I can't, nothing I can do. But I am feeling some kind of way. But I've got to trust the God that I entrusted her to got this yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. So then the thing that I got my even though that that um, that perspective and my motivation was good at one point at another point it could stunt her development. If I'm not able to make the transition. He getting social security, and you still calling him your baby boy. What? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I can stunt the development. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? We got to be careful. We can stunt development. Some people ain't gonna be able to grow up till, till their parents get to heaven. And even then, it's gonna be difficult. Ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. All right, I don't want, I don't want God to have to take me off the scene for folk to grow up. Come on, man. I'm just saying. Okay. So I need to be able to be sensitive to God and listen when he wants me to pull back. Number number 8. But even when we this point is reached where obedience is not the primary directive, there's a lifelong expectation of honor that produces with it a life that is long and strong. It was God that chose that this man and this woman coming together would put he would put He, they, all they did was give the suit. He was the one that put your spirit inside that suit. He chose that. So he grades the child, how they honor the choice he made. Now they ain't do everything right. You know, I just child, please. When you get your set, let's see how perfect you going to be. So the honor piece needs to go on, but honor is not, the scripture does not say honor equals obedience. Did not say that, does not say that, does not say that. Sometimes we think because they didn't obey us, they didn't honor us, and that is not in the Bible. All right. Okay. All right. So one final list, and this, this, is, this is kind of our preview of coming attractions And then we're done for the day. Eight perspectives of parent-child relationships. These are the kind of perspectives that we're going to be talking through as we go through um, this. Because you need to, this is that mall list of, I am right here. Okay? So number one is children in the eternal plan of God. God knows your children before they get to be your children. Because before before they were yours, they were inside him. Hey, Jerry, Jeremiah chapter one, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I knew you before you were a physical being, because before you were a physical being, you were a spirit being that was still inside of me, God, your heavenly father. He's the father of spirits. So I must, first of all, understand children in the eternal plan of God. Like that's important. Like, that's a doctrinal thing, because that's for us is destiny. Destiny says that that is a plan for you hidden inside of God, and before you were here, you were hidden inside of God with that plan. God fell in love with that plan and decided to go into production. Right? So that's number one. Number two, children in the womb. Now, that's a really important point, because some people don't believe that life begins in the womb, but from God's perspective— when your conception comes, the minute that that egg and that sperm come together, he, he deposits a spirit there. That's, right. That's, right. that's why I say, talk to that child that's in that womb. That's right. Bless him. Talk to him. Talk to him. Bless him in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Right? Because their spirit can hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Number three, babes and sucklings. In the babes and suckling stage, You got to do all of the stuff for him. If Jesus' parents didn't take him to church to be dedicated and circumcised on the eighth day, the whole plan of God could have failed. But he couldn't do it himself. He was not going to get himself up out the manger, put on his swaddling clothes and his sandals and start walking to church there are some things that you got to do to make sure that that child gets to their destiny. Some people like making babies, but they don't like the responsibility of caring for the babies that they made. Right? Number four, um, young children providing, guiding, directing, and correcting. Yeah. I hate having to go to work. Listen, listen, no, 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 that's, that's, nobody hurt you, nobody cussed you out because you got to work for your household. That's not a bad thing. And so you got to, God's got to show you the balance of doing stuff for your children and then doing stuff with them. Because some, some I know some men that spend so much time working that their child don't even know, they don't even know them. Right? And so we got to balance this thing about Yep, I got to work. And they and you do. And they even need to see you working. But then I got to know when is the time to spend with them to make sure that they get what they need. All right. Number five is transitioning children to adulthood. Okay. Now, um, I love the scriptures that talk about a son that causes shame. A son. It, it, it first it starts with a child, Proverbs. Then it starts to shift and talks about a son. It's talking about that transition. A son is, is, is beginning to learn how to make independent decisions, how to judge their friends, how to how to look at situations and know how to come in and go out. You got to help them through that, but you can't do it all. If you do it all, you stunt their growth. All right. You're going to have to let them go places without you. Where you going? What time you getting back calling every two minutes? You're going to have to allow them to make some decisions because don't have them be prime time the very first time that they get out of your house and then they're not even prepared for the world. Right. So we got to begin to think about that transition and begin to have God give us wisdom on how to pull back and let them step up and then let them make decisions, deal with consequences. Okay, now let's go back through this as a coaching moment. Let's let's review this. Let's do the after action review. Let's review the game tape. Okay. Number six, shifting. Towards marriage and multiplied family. That's the leaving Cleveland. What was good parenting before can be meddling in witchcraft afterward. Woo. Woo. You can be meddling. Then you got adults, and you you trying to control their outcomes. That's witchcraft. Yeah, yeah, now it was good parenting when they was children, but now we had a different point in the mall, baby. We had a different point. This is a different store. Okay, so I got to know how to make those shifts. Seven is elderly and ailing parents of adult children. Now the whole dynamic begins to change, and the Bible has something to say about that stuff too. Okay, now I got to begin to think through, all right, <clears throat> they used to in the boss, but they may not be boss now. And I got to deal with what that means. What happens when the person who birthed me loses their natural mind? How do I deal with this, with that sandwich generation where I'm I'm raising children and I'm going back and raising a parent again, right? These are, these are transitions. And <clears throat> nobody wants that, but just because nobody wants it doesn't mean that nobody's going through it. So I have to have, I need to have a doctrine on these things and have God's perspective so that whatever I face, I'm able to handle it. I wasn't prepared when my daughter started talking to me about a boyfriend. I don't want to not be prepared at this next phase. Because it wasn't because it wasn't the logical thing. It's just because I just wasn't ready. And I was just ignoring it. Okay. And then it was a ready or not. There it was. Now I got to deal with it when I could have got out in front of it. I'm just saying on this other thing, then I need to have get myself prepared just in case things run up on me that I was not expecting. Amen. And then finally, planning and preparing for children beyond our lifetime. What's gonna happen when you are no longer on the scene? I see <clears throat> there was uh one of I think it was. Which one of the the California teams? Maybe it was the L.A. Clippers, where they the guy was a little had a made a bunch of racial statements, and then they it was the L.A. Clippers, wasn't it? Say again? Yes, Don Sterling, and so he had made some statements, and then I think it was the head of Microsoft that bought him out, and they the owner said, no, no, this is not going to work. He's messing with the brand of the of the NBA, and so then. Um, the head of Microsoft at that time came and bought the team out and he brought in this general manager and I heard this this new general manager of the team and so on and he, he made this statement and it stuck with me at a press conference and he said his goal was to leave the team in a good state and then to leave the team in good hands. Leave it in a good state And in good hands, I thought about that, and that has guided me. I think about that in my home. I think about that at work, and I certainly think about that at the church. I want to do something in my leadership that adds value to my home and to my church and to my community that leaves it in a better state than when I started I'm working on making changes within this church that it ends up better than what I started with. But what I don't want to do is to get a bunch of stuff and have it in a good state and then have no good hands to hand it over to. I'd hate to accumulate wealth in my lifetime to hand it to children that squander it in a weekend. So I'm watching. I'm watching children. I'm watching nieces and nephews. I'm watching how they handle their money to decide if they can get any of mine when I'm gone. Nah, he'll blow my stuff. And I'm checking. (laughs) When they read the will, everybody not getting the same. Now, you can do what you want to. I'm saying that the Bible says you make a plan and you look and you guess. You don't, you don't just wait for it to happen. You're looking at how they handle $5 before you give them $5 million. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Abraham gave the blessing to Isaac, he gave a bottle of water to Ishmael. Sent that brother Stephen. Everybody didn't get the same stuff. All right, I know, I know, That's I know I'm stretching you. You think it's supposed to be equal. You get a car, you get a car, you get a car. Everybody gets a car. I know that's what you think is what the Bible says. That's not what the Bible says. You think everybody's supposed to get the same stuff. That's not the Bible. Pe- pe- see, people get that wrong, and they think I'm doing, no, you ain't doing them wrong. You you grade how they handle their stuff now, and then you make decisions. Nah, he don't know how to handle money now. Why to give him? Why would I do that? That sound that sound. I know it sounds tough, but that's Bible. Okay, all right, all right. I'm I'm gonna prove it to you. You don't believe me yet. That's why faith comes by hearing. That's why God sent you a preacher. All right, praise the Lord. <laughs> I pray that those of you that have been watching us online, that this has been a blessing to you. We are so excited that uh, you are here with us to hear um, the word of God. As, as we dig into these things, man, God is just ministering to us about relationship. You know, this is, this is a key part of who God is. God is father. So this is a dimension of himself that he has given to parents to help them do what they do. And he told all of us, if we're going to come into the kingdom, he, Jesus brought a child in the midst of his apostles and didn't tell the, the child that he needed to be like the apostles. He told the apostles that they needed to be like the child. So these dynamics that we're sharing here are very important to God, and they should therefore be important to us. Of course, we're called Destiny Generation Church, and so for us, this is this is very critical to the assignment that God gave us in the earth to help people in the area of their family dynamics. So I'm going to encourage you, keep watching with us. This is an exciting series. Even if everything's okay with your family, I believe God's going to show you something that you might not have seen before to just take what you have to the next level. If this word has been a blessing to you, would you consider sowing a seed to help this this message of destiny go out to